Welcome to the Heart is a Muscle podcast with Joseph and Jordan. What are we talking about today, Jordan? Today we are talking about parts or internal family systems framework or IFS for those of you who know uh, who are in the game. Um, it's a framework for our inner worlds that we use in conversations with each other all the time. That has been an absolute game changer for our relationship and how we connect with each other. So we're diving in on that today. Enjoy. Uh oh. <laughs> Does that record? The, this meeting is being recorded. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> Probably does. Well, welcome, welcome back, Jordan James. Welcome back, Joseph Hurt and I will. Uh, okay, so today we are going to talk about parts. Parts is um, a framework for our inner world, but it also helps communication go a lot easier. It makes vulnerable conversations a little bit less vulnerable. Or at least more clear. I think it makes them a lot more, a lot, a lot less vulnerable. A lot less vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I experienced it that way too. So the reason why we want to talk about parts today is because it is it's become a really foundational uh, way of how Joseph and I communicate with each other. And I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add? It has changed the way that I interact with myself with you and pretty much everyone else yeah it's kind of groundbreaking um hopefully it's going to be kind of an up-and-coming thing what would you classify it like as it's kind of like a an offshoot of i don't know it's what? like i don't it's it's like a framework of our inner world a framework of our mind right yeah um it's it is a therapy model actually yeah, that's what i was trying to oh, say yeah. Okay. yeah it's a therapy model mm-hmm. um it's a modality that i use as a coach um so it's not just therapy and it's a little bit heretical to a lot of therapy models Ooh. uh it's pretty tell me more in that way well because the basic premise of it is that our the mind is multiple the mind is like multiple personalities inside of us. Mm-hmm. So what's the official term for internal family systems, internal family systems. Yes. Pioneered by Richard Schwartz. Yep. Oh, Dickie Dickie Schwartz. Schwartz. we owe a lot to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? There was another therapist that I know we've watched a lot of, a lot of videos. Oh, Pam Kraus. Pam Krauss. And Tony Irvine Blake. Yeah. Very, very interesting. It's not super exciting, but very interesting to watch. I don't know. It's not available online to watch. Uh, I don't know if it's just on YouTube. Yeah, what we watched was probably the course that I did. Right. uh, Fascinating. Fascinating to see, yeah, yeah, people with this. It's kind of a new approach of how how to organize your internal self. Yeah. Okay. So without further ado, what do you think that people will want to know first? Um, great question. So like what it is? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing that uh, I find most appealing about parts is when you learn about the structure that's been developed, it really just kind of sinks into, oh yeah, like this makes total sense with how I've always like been. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that I think really works for me is that, and probably for a lot of other people too, is that subconsciously we do kind of separate ourselves into kind of different personalities within our own self. Like, oh yeah, this is my bossy self, or this is my like, you know, um, combative self, or this is my like wounded little boy, or, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's a very unconscious framework that when you bring it to light and kind of give it some names and some structures i feel like it's really easy to pick up and run with yeah i felt that way too yeah i know you experience that a lot with your clients too where you don't even have to explain it 
No. And they just kind of pick it up. And oh, go yeah. It. A lot of times <laughs> they'll even start using the language of a side mm-hmm. of me wants this, but a side of me wants this. Or a part of me thinks that I shouldn't do this. A part of me really wants to. Mm-hmm. Like we use this sort of language naturally. Right. Yeah. Um, but the bad, the, I don't know, the shitty thing is that the mind being multiple or having thinking of ourselves as having personalities inside of us has been so pathologized mm-hmm. by modern psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, where like, so, so multiple people with DID or, or multiple, what used to be called multiple personality. Now it's called uh, dissociative identity disorder but or associated identity disorder i don't know which one um but those are the people whose parts have been so blown apart and polarized usually by trauma by severe trauma that um they blend with a part and the part takes them over mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. uh they're it's it's like their parts are are so fragmented that's why it looks like totally different people. Right. But for, for normal people, we still have all these different parts inside of us, but they're, they're much more integrated, much more close together. And they it, usually like the different parts will blend with us at different times and they'll go in and out and have conversations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the voices in our head are how parts talk to us. Right. And one of the key things that I think is, is really therapeutic for this whole model too, is that when you kind of come at this on your own, you can think like, Oh yeah. Like my bossy part, it's like the worst, you know, and people don't get along with my bossy part, but the kind of essential undertone of this whole thing is that your parts are all there for a reason and they're all trying to either help or protect or serve you in their own way which may not be very constructive to the outside world but they are all on your team and trying to do their best to help you yeah and so it is one of those things when you know you have because parts usually turn to what we'll just say like naughtiness or <laughs> turn to things that aren't really helpful or productive productive because they have to change or twist or yeah. manipulate themselves to help you survive through trauma basically yeah yeah so do you want me to go with the origin story of our parts go for it yeah all right so we were born with with a whole bunch of parts inside of us the parts that help us play and create and make noise and like get our needs met parts that help us learn different things, the parts that basically help us participate in our community. And when we were born with them, they were in their natural roles, which are helpful in both intention and in outcome. Uh, they, that's a system that I call thriving. Like when our parts are helpful in, in intention and outcome. Um, and so we were born thriving. Our parts were born thriving. But then somewhere along the line, we got the message for whatever reason and by whatever means that like, no, no, no. It's not okay for you to be you in order to get your needs met, in order to Uh, get love in order to survive for many of us, you have to be blank. So like fill in the blank with whatever that was for you. Mm -hmm. For me, it was admirable or successful. Mm -hmm. Also tough, um, quiet, nice is a really common one for for girls. Mm -hmm. Um, All these messages that we get from our parents, our friends, society about how we have to be in order to be good enough mm-hmm. in order to survive. Mm-hmm. So our parts get that message and they twist like their job is to help us participate in our humanity. And so if they get the message that how we're participating isn't enough to keep us going or to get our needs met, they twist from their roles 
into a role that's going to make damn sure that we are whoever we think we need to be in order to be worthy, in order to get our needs met, in order to survive. Mm-hmm. So our parts have take on the burden of uh not being not feeling like we're okay as we are Mm -hmm. and they take on a a role that will help us be the person that we think that we need to be Mm -hmm. so uh so in a lot of those times if one part twists the the way that a system balances itself out is by another part twisting in the opposite direction that is how trauma balances itself out Mm So we create these polarizations of these parts that are all of a sudden at war with each other because the one part is afraid that if it quiets down then the other parts can totally take over the whole system and the other parts afraid to back down because it's afraid of the other part. And so we create all of these polarizations within us, um, which results in some, sometimes some pretty extreme parts that, um, don't seem like they're trying to be helpful, but, and they're not helpful in the outcome that they create, but their intention always is only ever to protect us. is only ever to help us survive. Mm-hmm. There's one more thing I was going to say about their intention for their outcome, but uh, I lost it. So, what about the self? Where does that come in? Yeah, the self. So we were born with a bunch of parts, but we, we are not just the sum of all of our parts. We are the sum of all of our parts plus our essence or our self. What um, IFS, IFS's internal family systems, this framework calls capital S self. It is the real us. It is the God in us the goddess in us, the divine in us. It is a part of us that is not a part. Mm-hmm. It is the us, our essence that cannot be damaged. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy to think about that. Everybody has a self, but they've been doing it us for a long time now with some pretty crazy people, like um, some pretty <laughs> tra- traumatized people people in prisons, people with severe eating disorders, people like even DID patients. Mm-hmm. Um, they have found in every single person, there is a cell. Mm-hmm. And it and once the parts unblend, feel safe enough to unblend, out comes the self that is, it, it, we each have a unique self, but it's a very similar energy of calm, um, there's there's eight seeds of it calm, connected, confident, curious, curious, clear, compassionate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and so all of these qualities people naturally exhibit when their parts unblend from them. Mm-hmm. And that is who we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that when you learn about this is it's kind of one of those where you're like, yeah, this all sounds great. But then when you actually watch like therapy sessions and people do this and then it just comes out by the book and all these things happen without really, you know, any prompting. I think that's what the thing that um, Dr. Schwartz, I'm sure it's Dr. Schwartz, right? Probably. Dr. Schwartz, Dr. you know, Vicky <laughs> <laughs> Schwartz, all, all, all due respect. We play song, but but yeah. uh, he's the one who kind of pioneered this. Man, I should put him on my vision board. You should, um, because he, you know, when you're Jordan went through some of the training for this one, and he'll explain what's going on in some of these sessions, and then you can watch it, and then it just kind of miraculously happens in these really easy to see and categorize ways. That's kind of where this all developed as he started noticing these kind of similar types of phenomenon happening when, because he started this methodology kind of by accident back in like the 80s, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just fascinating when you see just these people who have these really 
you know, deep down hurts, be able to finally uh, make a path for the self to come forward. And then it's just like, whoa, mm -hmm. who is this person? Mm -hmm. And that's when you can like literally see people healing. Yeah. Because one of the, I think one of the things that I find most appealing about this as well is that this is probably the easiest to adapt and the most natural way to try and help heal some of the underlying trauma that we kind of carry around with us, or at right. least come to terms with it, right? So that you can better, you know, be with it and work around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it helps maybe relate to other people too and see other people more clearly. And that's what this is all about relationships. Yeah. So, yeah. how not to switch gears too quick, but no, it. bringing it back to how is this useful in relationship? Right. Well, because we can speak about a part of ourselves, like two things. One of them is because as we get more awareness, we start speaking about our parts instead of from our parts. Because if we speak from our parts, we can cause a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. Like if I speak from my shame or my angry part and like that part blends me over and I sit like I out of my mouth comes everything that this angry part is wanting to say. Mm -hmm. um, that is a much different experience than saying I have this angry part and like this is what it's saying. Like, even just having that separation is like, that's not you. Like, you're, you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. That's not all of you. So that is a big deal of being able to speak about your parts instead of from them. Mm -hmm. that, that, like, let alone changes a lot of relationship dynamics. And the second thing is, in vulnerable conversations, you can say, well, a part of me feels this way, and, mm -hmm. but a part of me feels this way. So you can be really honest about what is alive in you mm -hmm. and really clear without um, being threatening. Yeah. That's the thing that I really like about it is when there's parts of me that are talking about something where it's just like, Oh man, I can't say this. I surely can't say this, but I can still bring it up where it's like there's this part of me that's saying this rather naughty thing and i need your help to like deal with that it makes it way less threatening and it correct me if i'm wrong it makes you much more approachable to deal with hard conversations right yeah because if you haven't noticed yet Hard conversations are a big part of relationships. Oh, yes. <laughs> but they do get easier. And this is one of the tools that has drastically yeah. increased the ability and the uh, just the positivity that comes out from hard conversations. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is kind of one of those things if you're kind of naturally uh into looking at yourself and you know your personality and things like that this just opens up a whole map that you oh yeah this is one part of me and it, this is that one part of me that does this one thing and you can even create you know names and titles and things like that to help your partner you know see you when your 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 parts are activated or something right i mean triggered is a really triggering word these days <laughs> Trigger. <laughs> but being triggered is basically having a part take over and speak its piece kind of <laughs> mm -hmm. you know without the, everyone else's permission mm -hmm. or feel feel like, take over yeah. our bodies yeah take over the feels because yeah, parts live in our body yeah it's it's one of those things oh yeah we'll get to that in a sec um yeah, I mean, as much as we don't want to admit it, there's always things that are coming and going in our life that are activating our limbic system 
of like, oh man, what was that? Like, oh, now I got, I got to be on the defense now. Now I got to choose. And when you can attach that to, you know, a part of you that's had to twist to be that protector or whatever, then it's easy to, or it's a lot easier to try and say, hey, like, is this helping? Does this part need help from me to not play this role? Because this part seems like it's in a lot of pain. You know, if every time I see a Pomeranian and I am shamed because you know, my mom loved the Pomeranian more than me. <laughs> That's a true story. That's not true. <laughs> it was a papillon. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, it's that kind of stuff where when you can see it as this part that's triggered, then you can be like, oh, where did this part get this, like, this role of, you know, shaming me whenever I see a Pomeranian? Why, why is that helpful? You know, anyways. I th that kind of brings me to another thing that I thought about of, like, what, like, uh, two more reasons why parts are really helpful in a relationship. One of those reasons is because in your partner, you, oh, we haven't talked about exiles yet. No. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll have to talk about that to explain it. Put a pin in that one. Yeah. Let's talk about, you, you briefly mentioned about how your parts live in your body. And this is kind of a really interesting thing and a really powerful um, question that you can ask when you're having conversations and your partner is really feeling it. Because what IFS has found is that there's physical sensations within your body that associates with your parts. So you can ask, you know, if your your partner is feeling really, really sad, it's like, where do you feel this sad part? And it's a crazy, crazy thing that you probably won't believe. But when you think about it in that point of view, when you're trying to feel that part, you feel it somewhere. Do. And it doesn't matter where, you can feel it in your toes, you can feel it in your neck, you can feel it in your ankles. Tummy. Tummy. I mean, a lot of people feel in like their chest, or their throat, or their head. Yeah, a lot of head parts. But it's really interesting. We should, we'll, have to, we'll do some more of this when we. Like some actual examples. Some actual yeah. examples and all this kind of stuff, yeah. because there's, there's a lot of really useful methodology, a lot of like, you know, 10 Fs of this and that. Five, yeah. <laughs> Five Fs. That's um, ten. Yeah. <laughs> that, it out. That we, yeah, we don't have memorized, or I don't have memorized, um, that are really, really uh, very, very useful to, to use as tools in conversation. Um, and I mean, it's kind of one of those things too, like therapists, and therapy and all this kind of stuff, usually people rely on having someone who's trained in all this. And it's no different with IFS, obviously, you know, when you get really deep into stuff. But even though, like, since a lot of this is really intuitive, you can learn a little bit and really improve, you know, without doing anything dangerous yeah. or, totally. or anything like that. Because there are aspects of this that, yeah, you shouldn't tinker with unless you really know what you're doing because this methodology does allow you to really take a deep dive right. down into your own Dips. psyche. Yeah. And, you know, tread cautiously. But the real basic stuff of just having conversations that are meaningful and safe Learn a little bit goes a long ways. Yeah, that's true. So, what else do you want to say about the um, feeling it? Well, it's really, it's really important to feel it. Um, I have spent a lot of time trying to avoid my feelings, or especially feeling things in my body, like feeling the raw, the rawness of it that my that like feeling it somatically in my body connects me to and i tried to do a lot of parts work at the beginning through just like psychoanalyzing myself mm -hmm. but what i've realized is it's essential to 
be with your part, like to have a relationship with it. And so the, the way that I go slow enough to do that is to really feel it in my body before I try to psychoanalyze it or ask it questions to just be with it in my body. That goes a long, long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely have to, I'm You'll probably hear us use this. You probably already have. You definitely will down the road having our own hard conversations and things like that. And yeah, it's kind of magic. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And oh, the last thing that I want to say um, about parts just in general is that when we think of ourselves as, as an ecosystem of a bunch of different personalities and they're all trying to protect us, sometimes they get along, sometimes they don't, but it's like a delicate ecosystem that finds, that's trying to find its own balance through polarizations. But um, more importantly, it's an ecosystem of living things, like actual personalities, actual like little many people in there. And so you, it requires you to treat yourself and to treat your partner, whatever part is present, as a human. Mm -hmm. It's like you're not some like broken machine that needs to be fixed. Your partner isn't some broken machine that needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Like they, they're a person made up of a bunch of people in there. And so whatever part is presenting in your partner no matter how um, uncomfortable it is for you to be with, that part is trying to get a need met for them. And you have to, uh, in order to connect with that part, with any of your parts or any of your partner's parts, you have to enter into a relationship with it. If you start telling it all the things that it's doing wrong, mm -hmm. like that's, think about how you, you would feel if somebody did that to you in your role. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to start talking to yourself and your partner with compassion. You have to listen. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I help. I think parts really helps with is it helps me listen because there's nothing to be defensive about because this is just a part of you. Right. And so I can really listen to its needs, especially when you talk about it as a part of you like when it's like okay you've got a handle on how this part is presenting mm -hmm. so i feel safe to get to know it with you mm -hmm. yeah i mean the part about this whole methodology that has really been very useful is often in my experience when you start a hard conversation it kind of comes out of nowhere yeah and <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually <laughs> well i think that's that's pretty normal it's not like oh we're uh let's schedule a 5 p.m <laughs> hard conversation make sure you're there it's true so you know if you're that kind of person more power to you but for the most of us these kind of conversations will come up just yeah. because you know you didn't replace the toilet paper or something like that and often the first thing to do when someone's parts are talking at you is to say, okay, what is this doing to my parts? Because I'm sure everyone's had this experience where someone complains about something like, oh, hell, like the dishes aren't done. Like what the hell have you been doing? Now that probably triggers a part where you're like, hey, we just did the dishes. So you can shut up. <laughs> When you are able to see that as the, oh, okay, well, there's a part of my partner that is really unhappy that the dishes aren't done. And that triggers my part that feels like we work really hard on the dishes. You can start to say, okay, part that really feels like we did the dishes, yes, we, we, we hear you. There's something else we got to listen for, though, because our partner's part doesn't agree with that. And so you can start to have this kind of dialogue with yourself and with other people. And you can ask these questions to get to the root of what the problem what is. What the unmet need is. Right, what the unmet need is. Communication Man, one of the things that 
IFS has really cemented in me is that almost all the time when someone has something that they're describing that they don't like, it is not the real reason that they're upset. There's usually layers underneath that that are not being met as well. And when you can start to tap into those underlying layers, then you can start to ask the real questions that help solve the problem or help bring around resolution or help get to know each other better. You know, maybe, you know, that your partner's part that hates the dishes not being done was always criticized by her mom for never having things clean enough. And when you get to that point, then you can really understand and yeah, build that relationship with each other of, you know, I get why you don't like having the dishes undone. I don't like that either. And I feel like I work really hard to, so you can go from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think parts specifically in my, in our relationship has helped me navigate my shame and insecurities too. Like with all of my baggage that I've, that I entered this relationship with coming right out of the divorce, especially too. Like, I don't know, knowing about parts became a real necessity for me and communicating mm -hmm. it that way helped me sort through what I was feeling and the trauma that I have in relationship. And it, it still really helps me do that. And it helps me communicate it in a way that is more approachable or a little bit more clear, I think. Is that right? Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you haven't noticed, this is definitely uh, a fundamental thing that we've found really allows us to excel at relating to each other, relating to ourselves. And man, can you use this everywhere? Because yeah. We all have a, our own version of this kind of going. That's another thing that I think is really powerful about this methodology is that, man, it applies to everybody and anybody. And if you know what to look for, you can really understand people pretty quickly by just kind of seeing them as their parts or which parts come out at different times. Um, and even when people are, you know, close to self, because mm -hmm. that sure happens too. Yeah. Um, I think parts have also helped me love you better because I can see you more. Like it's helped me be more intimate with you yeah. as like a being of like I'm, it's been such a pleasure getting to know your inner system. Yeah, that's a, a great point too, where you can really, really, really get to know your person inside and out. I mean, that movie is kind of- Inside Out, yeah. Is, yeah, if you haven't seen Inside Out, you should watch it. It's, it's a pretty cute movie. It's pretty much exactly this. Um, and it, yeah, has a lot of aspects that are really similar to this. Um, but yeah, it really lets you see your person. Yeah. And yeah, when you have that, like, that's when real intimacy happens. And it allows you to have compassion for, you know, your person, because we all come to relationships with baggage mm -hmm. <laughs> in one way or the other. That's kind of entering relationship 101. <laughs> yeah. Here's my baggage, let me see yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you can use that as a way to help relate to each other and connect. And IFS does help that for sure. Or you can use that as a way to not connect. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Yeah. And that's unfortunately what usually happens when people can't really understand why people have this issue or this trauma or this, you know, pet peeve or whatever. Um, 
So yeah, it's uh, it allows your relationship to go to depths that I didn't think were possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, it's not just like one person, one person. It's like my ecosystem and your ecosystem. Yeah. It's like a bunch of my parts and a bunch of your parts, and like I get to know a bunch of different sides of you, mm -hmm. and it makes it really fresh and exciting kind of because it's like wow yeah there's there's so many different parts of you that i don't even know yet yeah i mean you can spend a, a lifetime getting to know all of your parts because we're not just like a handful of, yeah these are my five parts and we'll call it good there because we have a lifetime of experiences that have helped shape our system yeah and there's like maybe you can explain the last little bit of this one for now um what are exiles and what what do you do with those where do they come from okay sure yeah so there's three different types of parts well there's two different types of parts there are protectors and there are exiled parts the reason I said three different kind of parts is because there's two different kinds of protectors. There are managers and firefighters. So managers are the type of protectors that um, their motto is like never again. Like they're the ones always looking ahead. Um, they're managing. They're trying to manage and foresee the future, trying to manage your inner ecosystem. Um and then there are firefighter parts, which those parts come out when the ecosystem is, or they perceive your inner world to be in danger. On fire. On fire, <laughs> like it's an emergency. Right. So a lot of these parts are more like um, addictive parts. Uh, sometimes angry parts are firefighters. Disassociative parts. Yeah, that's those are more of my firefighters are disassociative ones. Um, yeah, and then so the protectors, both managers and firefighters, are both are protecting you from the burden uh, that your exile parts are carrying. So when you get the message that you're not good enough or you experience some sort of trauma, there is a part of you that holds on to the extreme emotions and the extreme beliefs that your system has internalized during that trauma or during that message that you got and though holding that and being aware of that in your system is so painful and you can't really function when you're feeling that deeply so those parts are exiled in your system to way deep down and protectors are covering it from you being super aware of it or super um in touch with those feelings mm -hmm. And so we have these exiled parts that are holding a lifetime of burdens. And then we have these protectors that have formed this lattice around the exiles um, to try to protect us from ever having to experience that pain again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing that I find kind of interesting about this too is that Exiles don't happen merely just from severe trauma or things like that. It can be small T, yeah. very subtle stuff as yeah. well. <coughs> um, Absolutely. I mean, just not getting enough attention as a child. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where you, you could have very, you know, mild-mannered parents that did their best to take care of you, but maybe, you know, dad was never around. And that created a, a part that always yearned for connection with their father mm -hmm. and never got that. And holds on to that, that disconnection mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And then obviously there's parts that are formed from severe trauma. Mm -hmm. And man, poor parts. Yeah. Super poor parts. And a lot of the, we'll, we'll have to, get into a lot more of this because we're kind of just doing the uh, cliff notes version of IFS, but an interesting aspect of exiles is that they can hold on and 
freeze themselves in time. Yeah, they get frozen in time when they took on their burdens. Right. So, you know, for instance, if you, know, you were beaten as a five-year-old, you will carry that traumatized five-year-old exile as a five-year-old your entire life. And so when you're 45, you still have a five-year-old part of you that has been exiled that holds the trauma of being beaten. Yeah. And here's the crazy part is as, as you form exiles, you also form protectors around those. So like parts have to twist to protect you. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you, your protectors are frozen at the age that they were when they had to first twist. Mm-hmm. And so, so often our inner critics are 12 year olds, 13 mm-hmm. year olds. Um, so often our managers that work so hard or even our firefighters are ter- are not that much older than our exiles. Right. And so one of the, so what do you do with exiles? And this sounds like an awful thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, IFS has this, this process where you can, after getting to know your protectors and getting permission from your protectors to go to your exiles, you, at, if you're in self, you can be with your exile in a way that's not overwhelming. Don't get me wrong. You're going to feel the feelings because you're going to witness what happened to them. You're going to witness yourself, but you won't become the exile there's different ways you can set that up for yourself but there's a whole process of going to those exiles witnessing them bringing them out of the past when they're ready into a safe place or into the present moment and actually helping them there's a whole ceremony to unburden all Mm -hmm. the shit that they've been holding and this is usually when you need someone who's trained in this practice to really help guide because it's it's kind of like a guided meditation almost. It almost yeah, it almost ends up being that way. Yeah. Right. And there's there's certain commonalities that are really fascinating that happen when because what eventually happens is when this burden can be witnessed or this this exile can be witnessed, they can allow the emotional pain that they hold on to they can allow it to go back to the universe right yeah and and so then they take on they they have an opportunity to take on all the good qualities that they had to um get rid of when they twisted to make space for the burden Mm -hmm. and so and so often this is why i love ifs is when you get rid of that burden your system changes mm-hmm. like you go to the places that used to hurt and you don't really hurt that same way mm-hmm. anymore. And for once protectors get that idea of like, Oh shit, this doesn't actually hurt as much as it used to. They can be free to change their roles back to their naturally helpful roles, because mm-hmm. which ironically are usually the very opposite of the rules that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of times protectors don't want to play their roles, but they feel like they must. Right. So yeah, that's the super exciting stuff. And yeah. That's definitely the parts that need some guidance. Yeah. Because that's not can you even do that on your own? Uh it depends, but I mean we have met each other's exiles. You've met my yeah. But I wouldn't say I've really tried to like unburden. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's some Jedi stuff there. Yeah, I've, I've, I've either done that for myself on my own, or I've hired a um, somebody to help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it gets it gets kind of dicey when you're face to face with a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But but the one thing that you can keep in mind, even if you don't know that much about exiles or anything, is whenever protector is happening or is presenting itself in your partner. There's always an exile underneath the protector. Always. So you can have compassion in that way that this protector is only ever trying to protect your partner from experiencing some big pain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that an exile is carrying. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how when you start to see your partner is this group of, of individuals 
how easy it is to kind of naturally slip into your own self in conversation. And you get this sense of just really calm curiosity and peacefulness and just really wanting to like, just tell me about it. Like, I really want to hear what is happening for your parts. I mean, it's, it's, it's a real crazy thing because your partner can be going off the rails on something, uh, you know, totally taken over by a part and you are calm and with it and curious and really compassionate of just like, wow, like I see you're in a lot of pain right now. And I really want to be here for you. And man, that's powerful on both sides. It is. Yeah, being self is magic. Because when your true self comes forward and, and you embody that, it doesn't get rid of your parts, but it allows you to really see your parts and be able to ask them to step aside. Like I'm I'm working with somebody else right now. So my part that, you know, is really hungry, like thank you for like letting me know that. We're gonna help you in a little bit, but right now I'm really focused on my partner. And you're you have these weird little like side conversations where your hungry part will be like, okay, yeah, we can wait for that. Yeah. So it at the very least helps to allow people to communicate. And it just kind of naturally fosters compassion and and understanding and the curiosity part is the one that's really crazy where you're just like, oh man, like I'm so interested in what you're saying right now. Yeah. Even though like because most of the time, you know, there's something that the part is trying to, an unmet need. Yeah. And that's usually not super happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. So it's really, really amazing to like be facing your partner in like their kind of worst moment mm -hmm. and really want to be a part of that and dig in and connect. Uh... And yeah. That builds connection. Builds connection, intimacy, trust, belonging. All the good stuff. Everything that you want. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is kind of the overview of parts, but if you want to dive in on your own to, to explore IFS, I really recommend the audiobook Greater Than the, Greater Than the Sum of Our Parts. Um, it's an audio program that by Dick Schwartz. And in it, there's actually meditations mm -hmm. that will um, help you touch base with your parts and help you actually get to know your parts too. There's another book, the book that I read, I think it was just called Internal Family Systems. Yeah, there's all sorts of different There's, and yeah, Dr. Schwartz is, uh, he's touched them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that one was really great. Let me look on my Audible. Um, because that one, he had like little simulated sessions with people that he, mm -hmm. I don't know if he narrated, but mm -hmm. the narrator um, played out. And so it was really cool and really enlightening to see, um, see those play out. Yeah, the book is... Ecstasy. Oh, shoot. Oh, ecstasy. Yes. <laughs> you read them, baby? No, I, I want to look at that one. Okay, yeah. This is not later. Uh, internal Family Systems. Uh, skills and skills training manual. Yeah. By Frank Anderson, Martha Sweezy and Richard C. Schwartz, PhD. So all those people are doctors. <laughs> yeah. There's also, um, I'm reading the internal family systems therapy. I guess it might be a textbook. I'm listening to an audible, mm -hmm. but it's a second edition. Yeah. And that's the most recent book on internal family systems. So there's lots of info out there. Any of these audiobooks, they're really easy to read. Yeah. Oh, and also, if you want some support with your own system, talking about exiles and burdening stuff, or just getting to know how your system had to adapt, I am a coach that does exactly that mm -hmm. for people. So I'll post maybe a link to scheduling a session yeah. in the show notes. 
She's good, folks. She's very good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is a super fast, fast and dirty intro to internal family systems. The powerhouse that brings our relationship to the next level. One of many. One of many, but uh, yeah, it's a powerhouse for yeah. sure. So now you might understand when we're talking about parts and exiles and yeah. self and all this kind of crazy lingo. Yeah. And we'll talk more about this one because this is, I find this to be an extremely fascinating new, I mean, it's not new, but it's not very, very well, not yeah. very well known, uh, like area of mental health. Yeah. And shoot, I think it's. Part of our mission with this podcast is to spread the good word of IFS, of IFS and, and other stuff because man is a powerful study. Yeah, for sure. So with that, yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel complete for now. And I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, well, thank you for winning. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for being you. Yeah. Oh, ironically, parts really help. Like when I have to go to the bathroom really bad, I talk to my parts. I'm like, okay, parts, like... We have this like a little bit left. Like I, I lean hard into my eyes yeah. when my body's uncomfortable. You can use it for all kinds of yeah, stuff. And yeah, and it actually really helps. It does. Yeah, I feel I become my own team. And then finally when I make it to the bathroom without like peeing my pants, I'm like, Good job, good team. job, guys. <laughs> that great job. I know how hard that was for you. Like oh. I see you. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, right. I've done that. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the Heart is a Muscle podcast. If you'd like more information about what we talked about, or if you'd like to know more about the talented Jordan James, you can find her work at... You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my handle is at JustJordanJames. And my name Jordan is spelled with an I-N, so it's J-O-R-D-I-N. So uh, Twitter and Instagram, at JustJordanJames. You can also find me on my website, which is jordanjames.com. I also write on Medium quite a bit. So my profile on Medium is at jordanjames. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time.